It's so good to be here today and to know that Jesus is still alive and well. Praise the King, praise the King, praise the King. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then I'm going to go to a testimony that I got, and we'll tell you a little about it, and this is an awesome testimony. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful that we serve a God that's alive and well, that still does exactly what He says He would do in His Word. Lord, we're so grateful that we have the owner's manual to read and study, and Lord, I thank you for the owner's manual, and I thank you for the revelation you give us. And I thank you for being alive and well, and I thank you for doing exactly what you said you would do. So, And it cannot be changed, cannot be broken, so we know that you'll do exactly what your word says. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for this wonderful book. Now, Lord, as we read and study the word of God today, as we talk about the testimonies we'll have, we ask you to bless everybody here in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, wow, praise the Lord. Well, we're going to start off here. I'm going to, I have a testimony. Uh, I've got to read this to you. I don't do this very often, but this one is exceptional. Wow, that's what I said, Benjamin. Wow. When I read this last night, now today I think I've regained my composure. Well, last night when Cheryl brought me this letter and said, honey, you've got to read this. Now, this is why we do what we do. This is why I stay up nights. I mean, late nights, study the Word. I mean, read and study and everything else that I do. This is why I do what I do, because of this man. Now, many of you have received the same kind of blessings from God, but I want you to see how the Lord changed this man's life. Now, it says, Dear Brother Scrivener, now this is August the 31st, 2006, he wrote this. I want to, I want to start out and tell you, how much your ministry has meant to my wife, Nancy, and I. We first heard you speak down in Big Sandy, Texas, at the regional ATI conference two years ago. We were blown away by your story and the power that is available to God's children today. I left that conference saying, man... If I could tap into only 10% of the faith that guy has, how my life would be forever changed. Little did I realize that the Lord was going to give me more than 10%. Oh, this is what's awesome. He wanted to give me the full load. Nancy and I are the caretakers of a children's retreat center up here in northwestern Wisconsin. Now, they are the directors of a children's retreat center. I spoke to you a few months ago as we were trying to schedule you up here for a teaching weekend. We had you booked and then ran into some problems with our director, not feeling comfortable with some of your teaching. I guess that would be the Lord's teaching that he was not comfortable with. Because <laughs> the only thing I teach is God's Word. Isn't that amazing? My wife and I continue to listen as much as possible, and the Lord has been faithful to open our eyes to His power. Neither my wife nor I grew up in a church, 
And we both were saved at age 29, a little more than 13 years ago. We did belong to a Lord seeker sensitive church that never spoke about the realms of deliverance or healing. I remember once in a 10-minute response during a question and answer time in all the 11 years that we attended concerning the area of Jesus healing the sick and if that power still existed today. It was met with a resounding no. That was reserved for the first century church. End of discussion. I never questioned it again until I heard you speak. Many years ago, I remember going over to my best friend's house whose son was dying with an unknown blood disease. On Saturday with other Christian men and women to pray. I didn't even know what to pray for. And I confess that I didn't even believe that God would heal the child. I was there because as a Christian I was supposed to be there. Almost every prayer entered in, but your will be done, Lord, if it be your will. Every prayer ended in that. Nobody prayed with any kind of authority or quoted the many promises that Jesus spoke on or even mentioned all the different times Jesus healed the sick. It saddens me every time I think about those mornings his son died. The point I'm trying to make is that I spent years engaged in a battle for my marriage, my children, and my sanity, as well as many years Counseling with long-time godly men and never, not once, did they mention that my sin was allowing the devil to spoil the goods of my house or that I had authority over the devil and his dominions. I didn't, I don't fully blame them because I never studied God's word. You can't put the monkey on them because God give you the book too. I never cried out to God. I was caught up in trying to impress the leadership of our church. I was not on my face before a holy and righteous God. I praised the king in big bold letters that he is a long-suffering and that finally the blinders have been removed. If it wasn't long-suffering and patient, there wouldn't be none of us here today. But thank God that He is. The battle is as fierce as ever. But at least now, I know the weapons to use. Six months ago, I was spending time fasting and seeking the Lord. He began to speak to me about my rocky relationship that I had had with my father. My dad passed away six years ago when I was 45. Or no, when I was 15, I had my first epileptic seizure at 15. When I was 15, I had my first epileptic seizure. Now think what he's saying now. 
It led to years of trying to control it with many types of powerful drugs and trying to cover the humiliation and embarrassment that I felt whenever I would have a seizure. That morning in the prayer cabin, the Lord reminded me that a few months before my first seizure, I had spent days trying to convince my father to let me attend a rock concert. He was not a Christian. But I believe in his spirit he knew that it was his responsibility to protect me and knew what I would be exposed to if I were allowed to go to the rock concert. I lied and I manipulated him and I hounded him till he eventually gave in and allowed me to attend. That was my first experience with drugs and alcohol. That led to a battle with addictions over the next six years of my life. It led to the addiction of rock music until six months ago, nearly 30 years of feeding my mind with lies from the enemy. 30 years. It led to fornication and adultery and lust and all kinds of bondage. That morning, the Lord revealed that when I dishonored my father and I lied, I opened the door to the enemy. Isn't that amazing? It was then that I confessed my sins and cried out to my Father in heaven. 1 John 1, 9 took on a whole new meaning. Isn't it amazing how we know the Scripture, but it don't mean nothing? And the Lord told me I was healed from epilepsy. All he did was cry out to God. After 27 years of medication, I had been medicine-free for six months and seizure-free the whole time. Praise the King. Isn't it amazing? Isn't God awesome? Listen. Also, during this time, he brought freedom into my marriage. As my wife and I confessed our hidden sins to one another, and we are now walking in a new freedom in our marriage. Free of malice, rage, bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness, and a host of other manifestations of our sins. There have been other healings in me personally, as well as in my family. As the Lord has been increasing my faith. I am so blessed when I pray the prayer of faith and witness the Lord heal or sick or the Lord to heal or kick out an evil spirit. It's amazing. The Lord has placed a huge burden on my heart to see God's children walk in freedom. The church we attend gives people the opportunity to share prayer requests so the pastor can pray for them. About 99% of the requests are for healing. We attended a different church yesterday, and they have a similar format. We sat there for over 15 minutes as Christians shared these requests. So-and-so has cancer. Heart disease, 
unknown sickness. They're on their deathbed. Divorce, separation, etc. You get the point? The pastor then said, I wonder what kind of ministry Jesus would offer to your request. My heart said as he prayed. It sank as he prayed. Your will be done. If it be your will, God. And we sat and watched a slideshow after that few minutes of prayer. We sat and watched a slideshow in church about presentations on ancient Egypt. I wondered what the man was thinking who was going in to have eye surgery today or the man dying of cancer. My heart was breaking for these people. My question is, what do I do? Do I stand and say I will stay after church and pray? Would that do any good without building their faith like you do? You spend hours teaching before you pray, don't you? Yes. That's what I do. Where did I get that principle? When Jesus went to his own hometown of Nazareth, there he could do no mighty works except lay his hands on a few sick folks. And he marveled at their unbelief, so he went about teaching. What do you think he was teaching? You think he's showing a slideshow about ancient Egypt? I don't think so. I think he was teaching them what, he was, what was available to them. To get rid of sin, repent. What if they don't believe, and I do? Will they still be healed. I believe the Lord wants to use me so that He may be glorified. I know that this requires faith, but should I spend more time studying? Yes. Should I attend a healing school? Yes. I don't even know what I'm asking. I can't, I just can't sit by and watch as the enemy continues to destroy lives and know that I. Hold the secret. Isn't that amazing? I know it's not me personally, but that the Lord has removed the blinders, and I want these brothers and sisters to walk in freedom and truth like I'm walking. I assure, I assume there is no surefire way of moving into the into this realm, which I have which I have already moved into. The just, it's just that up until this point, I have been praying for family members, mostly, only. God has been faithful every time. When do you go public? When did you go public? How does a person know when he is ready to start or to stand in the public arena and do battle with the enemies of God? That is the question. How do I know when I'm ready? I'm sorry if this sounds like rambling, but it's really the cry of my heart to not see people suffer like this any longer. I appreciate any thoughts you might have. Thanks again, brother, for all that you're doing. And I look forward to hearing from you, your brother in Christ. In God, awesome. You want to know why I wanted to read that to you?
today I could hold my composure, but last night after the fourth line, I cried. I cried all the way through that. I think there is a man that didn't know that when you don't honor your mother and your father when you're 15 years old and you lie to daddy and you tell him stories that you get a demon from hell. And a demon of epilepsy come on that boy after he started lying and doing the things he's doing. And then he got off into the devil's world and drugs and alcohol, adultery, fornication and everything else. And it ruined his life for the next 27 years. Massive doses of medication to try to control these seizures, which could not be controlled. But whenever he cried out to God and asked the Lord to forgive him for all those things he did, do you notice he didn't even need nobody to pray for him? When he cried out to God, the God that we sort of whispered in his ear, because First John 1, 9, because you have repented with tears, I am now healing you, you are delivered, and you will have no more seizures, and you need no more medication. And you want to know why I do what I do? That's why I do what I do. Ernest, it's worth every second of it, isn't it? Every second. Every second. When you see people get healed and delivered and you see the Lord change their lives, it's worth it. I don't care what it costs you, but somebody pays the price. Somebody's got to pay the price. Somebody's got to be up at the midnight hours or in the wee hours of the morning reading and studying and believing this book and be able to present it to you just like it's written. Even in that ATI conference. I hate to say it, but my sermon is going to be based all around what the Scripture says about the ATI conference. In just a few moments, you will see what the Lord has to say about these things. Now, I want you to think. I want you to think. Really want you to think today about what the Lord told us to do from this message we're going to have in the Scriptures. But I want you to think about this man. This man is a normal man that was not in church, was not raised in church. He has no knowledge of the spiritual world. But what blows me away is when he stands years later in a church and asks if we have any power over these things, and they say, no. They don't have any knowledge of the spiritual world either. They don't have any knowledge. Why? Because those men that are in those pulpits have not spent the time with God. You can't spend time with God and not... He will give you revelation. But you've got to be on your face before Him. It's kind of like a man that... If, you, if, you just, if you're a married man... And you come home to your wife once every six months, and you didn't even call her in the process of that six months. And all of a sudden, you come bouncing in the house at six o'clock and say, Hi, honey, dinner ready? I mean, she'd look at you and say, Who are you? Well, I'm your husband. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess you want a hot meal and then everything that goes with it. Well, Buster, forget it. Is that the way you would be? Sure. Yeah. But see, that's the way we do God. We don't spend any time with Him. We don't worship Him. We don't praise Him. We don't thank Him. 
We don't put him first. And then every six months or something, or maybe a year, a devil comes by your house and he does something bad to you. And then you go crying to God. God says, he says, who are you? You know, it's amazing how nice you can be to God when you're laying on your deathbed with cancer. You might not have ever believed he existed. But if you believe he might exist, you say, oh God, please, Lord, I need some help. I think about that young man that was in here one time. He walked in here and he said, you know, I was a normal young man that loved God, went to church. And one day the Lord spoke to me, said, I heard his voice. He told me, he says, son, I've called you to preach my word. I want you to be a preacher. He said, when I heard that, I said, oh, God, you chose the wrong one. He said, I can't do that. I can, Lord, he said, I ain't going to preach. I can't do it. He said, God never said another word. Not another word. He didn't try to deal with me, nothing. Hey, I didn't hear another thing. He said, uh, I think it was about a year later, he said, I was laying on my deathbed in a hospital. Young man. He said, I cried out to God. God, God, I'm young. I'm dying. This doctor just came and said, I've got a week left to live. What's going on? He said, the Lord says, son. You remember last year I called you to preach and you said no. He said, Well, yeah, Lord. I mean I mean, don't I have anything to say about this? He said, Sure. You can turn me down. But he said, if you're not going to produce fruit for my kingdom, then I don't need you, so you're you're out of here. He said, You mean I'm gonna die? He said, That's right, you're gonna die. I don't need you. You're not producing no fruit for my kingdom. I don't need you. He said, Lord, I repent. He said, I don't want to die at this young age. Oh, he said, you're, now you're going to do what I told you. He said, Lord, I'll do anything you tell me. Oh, he said, I told you to preach. You said, no. He said, Lord, I repent. I will preach your word. I'll preach. He said, Lord, forgive me. He said, Thurman, as God is my witness, in one hour I was completely healed and released from that hospital. In one hour. And he said, I've been preaching ever since, let me tell you. Well, you know, you don't have to preach. If God calls you to preach, you don't have to preach. And He can take you out, can He? And, and He's the boss, isn't He? You don't go to the union and say, I want somebody to discuss my case. He said, there ain't no other arbitrators. It's it. When I make a decision, it ain't nobody you call in. It's done. I'm God. I'm God. Well, let me tell you, if He calls you to do something, you better do it just like He said. That is, if you want to live, right? Because he is boss. Now then, after that testimony, I want to know, does somebody else have one? Somebody else? Wow, praise the king. We got them all over the place today. Start out over here with this young lady. Praise the ladies first. And then we'll get Janet. Janet said she had one. And then we'll get Paul. He's got one. And I don't know who all's got one. But praise God, we don't know what the Lord's got today. But come up here and tell us what the Lord has done for you, young lady. Well, it's for my 18-year-old son. I think I got it on. Yeah, it's on. We've got to bring the sound up just a little. Okay. There we go. My 18-year-old son, I believe he's saved and born again, but he's reading the Old Testament first straight through and hasn't read the New Testament. And so he still uses foul language. And I have to uh, say that um, he got poison ivy. He thought it was poison ivy. We don't know at this day whether it was a rash or poison ivy. But he woke me up last Tuesday a week ago. 
in the morning saying, where's the insurance card, cuss, 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 and all this. And I told him where it was, and he lives in Tennessee, so he's supposed to know where things went away. And so uh, he wanted to go to the doctor. I said, well, he says, well, I said, that's not the way to do this, you know, because they're either natural things or I can pray for you. Later I actually said that I could pray for him because I was just addled out of just woke up out of dead sleep, and I, you know, wasn't all there. And so I talked with him about three or four conversations during that day. And by 4 o'clock that afternoon, um, he told me that he had used some kind of soap, and it had spread it all over his body. It was even on his lip, and he was so upset. And he only had $30 left, and he had two prescriptions he had to fill, and he wanted a discount. And I said, I don't have that kind of insurance and whatever anyway. So... Um, so I talked him out of getting that, but I would just send him something else that I found online that would heal it in 48 hours. But it was going to take 24 hours to get it there, FedEx, by the next day. So that afternoon, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I called him and talked to him. And I said, well, let me pray for you because I've been praying all day for him. And I was even in tears because it's my son. You know, I can't help him. I can't do anything from 700 miles away. You know, he's in near Nashville in Tennessee getting ready to go to college. He didn't want to have poison ivy going into college next week. <laughs> so, um, so I prayed for him, and I prayed Matthew eighteen nineteen prayers of agreement. I reminded him of a testimony that he gave me this summer when he came to see me that when he was deathly sick with some kind of fever and cold symptoms, so sick that he had mucus coming through his skin. He was had 105-degree fever. And he had to go to work at UPS, otherwise he had to have a doctor's excuse and he wanted to go to the doctor. So he showed up there and he tried to get out of that work and he couldn't get out of the work effort. So he, had, he was so mad and so upset and he was chilled to the bone. It was in the wintertime. He came home. He didn't even eat anything and he only had a half, they had run out of hot water. He only had half a bathtub of hot water and all he wanted to do was to get warm. So he got in the, he didn't, he just said, I'm going to bed and he said, God, with the D word and he said, I better be well by tomorrow morning. Well, the next day, he said he was completely healed. And I said, well, you activated a spiritual principle, even though you shouldn't use foul language and everything. I said, um, it says in John 14, 14, if you ask God anything, and ask means demand in the Greek, I believe, and uh, that he'll do it for you. And so I prayed and asked God to forgive his sins in this particular prayer at 4 o'clock that afternoon. I reminded him of that, build his faith in just reminding him of the healing that he had received last winter. And... Um, and I commanded the itching to go to the pit of hell from which it came in the name of Jesus. And I commanded the poison ivy to dry up from the root in the name of Jesus and go to the pit of hell in Jesus' name and not to come back in the name of Jesus. And I said, it's done. I guarantee it because the word of God says it. By tomorrow morning, you're going to be well. And so um, I called him to see if his package, FedEx package had come. He needed a sign for it. And he said, I'm sleeping, Mom. Don't wake me. And I was thinking, well, he's not itching. He's sleeping. This is different. And so um, about an hour later, I called back and left a message. Well, Elijah, you need to really take a shower before you put this stuff on because, you know, it's expensive and, you know, you don't want to wash it off. And about two hours later, he called me at 11 o'clock. Well, I had a client just starting on the table. I'm a massage therapist. And um, he said, Mom, I want you to know this rash this is all the way gone. It's completely gone. So you can just... Keep this stuff or I'll send it back to you or get your money back. And I was shouting, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And my client on the table was going, oh, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, it was a really awesome thing. And then the next day I called him to check on him and then I asked him, did he thank God for the healing? He said, yes, I did. 
He said, it's completely still gone. He said, yeah, it's completely gone. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> yep, it's a wonder. It's amazing, you know, how good God is, even in our sins sometimes, how He forgives us. Yes, Jenny. Well, week before last, um, I had had a really tough week with my lower back, and Thurman had prayed for me when I came to church last week, and and I it wasn't wasn't better immediately, but but I know that you know there there comes a time when you know God holds us accountable to. To the to the word and to obedience and and all and and I just knew in my spirit that that was the case with with my back and and um, I uh, went to sleep that night praying and 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 asking God to just give me the 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 boldness that I need to 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 pray and have prayers answered and and. Um, when I woke up the next morning, um, he was speaking to my spirit, and he said, complete obedience is what gives my children the boldness to have their prayers heard in my presence. And, you know, I, and I thought about that all day long, how, you know, if, if, you're, if you've done all you can do and you're, you're right and you know you're right, you do have a confidence and a boldness to to ask and be heard, whereas if you don't, you come with your tail tucked between your legs and 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 not not sure of anything. So uh, anyway, I was grateful for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's getting through. Oh, you got one? Or, or Rosemary, you got one? Okay, okay. I didn't see you standing over there. That's all right. You know, I'm going to light somebody's fire. You know, somebody, somebody once told me, said positivity. My mama, she watches these DVDs and stuff. And she said, uh, she told me, she said, you can't be still. And I said, no, I can't be still. I've got to be moving. I've got to be talking. I've got to be walking. I've got to tell somebody about Jesus. And so when I come up here, I get real excited. I mean, this is just an anointed place of God. And not only, I've got the best job. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that I've got in my life. It's such a blessing because I've been under a curse. And thank you, God, I'm out from under the curse. And I'm up on the mountaintop. I'm on the blessing. But I drive, my name's Paul Vito. I live here in Dallas. And I drive an 18-wheeler. Now, I've told this story little bits and pieces. But I get to go to different places. Different places God takes me. Now, I want to share it with this to edify Jesus in Thurman Scribner and Ty. Okay? I got to go and watch these guys right here in action. Not in, not in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. We are in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. But I got to go and I got to watch them up in, uh, where was it? Up in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Where, where they went and did a healing seminar or something other, you know. I, I had the honor, God ordained that, you know, foreordained it, you know, that I could go and sit and watch them kind of like I was just a member on the back row of the church. Like I had never seen them or nothing else. And let me tell you what I saw. As a man of God watching my brothers in Christ, Thurman is not normal. He's super. He's, I'm just telling the truth and love. Thurman is not normal. He's supernatural. But yet, to sit and talk to this man, I talked to him for three hours the other night at his house. He's as normal as anybody in America. But yet, he is supernatural. He's anointed of God. And so is Ty. Ty's a veterinarian. And this man right here is an airplane technician or something. I don't know what he started out to be, but I know what he is now. But he, he's, he's teaching the Word of God. He's taught the Word of God. 
to a truck driver. But I ain't no normal truck driver. I, I'm telling you what, hey, I am supernatural. I was, hey, I was above the average ordinary truck driver until I met this man. And now, oh, glory to God in Jesus. Now, I go around and I lay hands on the sick and people are getting healed. Here and here and here and here and here. God's no respecter of person. But I saw Thurman and I saw Ty in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, the line, I watched them preach a message that after the message they told about Caitlin's miracle, which is just a miracle, a miracle, a miracle in itself. But they told about Caitlin's miracle, and I watched the people as the people listened to the story. And then after the sermon, Thurman and Ty prayed for everybody who wanted prayer. And everybody who hadn't already been prayed for was in line for prayer because they never heard the Word of God like Brother Scribner's teaching it. Like we all need to be listening to it. But him and Brother Ty were praying for people and people were getting healed and they were casting out demons. He's not, Ty is not no ordinary average old veterinarian. He's a man of God. <laughs> Boy, when he goes to casting out them demons, them demons, this guy, I can't see them because I hadn't asked the Lord. I, 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 hadn't, I said, Lord, I, I had never done like Ty. Ty tells the story one time. I want to see a demon. I don't want to see him. I just want to get rid of him and send him to the pit of hell. Ty asked to see him one time and I heard his story about how he saw him. I go, uh-uh, Lord, I don't think I want none of that. But Brother Thurman and Brother Ty, and I left there. I won't say y'all. I liked it when you said y'all today because we're in Texas, but yet y'all is everywhere. But I like the way y'all were casting them demons out of them people up north. God's no respecter of person, but many people were miraculously healed. Everywhere they go, many people were being miraculously healed. Okay, now I'm going to get on with my testimony. This is just something I want to share about these, these supernatural people that I, I, God has led me over here. And he goes, check out these people over here. And I go, Lord, I'm with them. I'm going with them. We're going to heaven one day. But while we're here, let's cast out demons. Let's go, therefore, teach the gospel to all nations. Let's don't be ordinary average. Let's light somebody's fire. I get excited. I get excited. Jesus, in the Word of God, it says, don't. Rejoice that the demons are subject to us in Luke 10, 19, 20, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm rejoicing. My name is written in heaven. Thurman's name is written in heaven. We're going to go and rejoice. Now, my truck driving job, I was out in California. I go out to California a lot. And uh, I was out there last year, and they had what they call a harvest crusade. Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg Laurie in Riverside Church, and I've been to his church. But he has a thing out there in Anaheim in Angel Stadium every year where thousands of people come and they fill up this Angel Stadium out here and they praise the Lord. And so last year when I was out there, I go, oh, Lord, you know, God hears our prayers. He hears everything. And he answers the prayers of the righteous. I mean, everything. I was a little bit out of line whenever I came and started going to church. Thurman just kept on and on and on. And I'm not chasing rabbits, but he kept on and on. Obey all authority of the law. And I'm a truck driver. 29 years of driving a truck. I couldn't fasten that seatbelt and I just couldn't drive the speed limit. And he kept on saying, you get a speeding ticket, don't complain because you broke the law. Obey all. And I go, I wish he quit saying that. <laughs> Praise God. After, thank you, Jesus. After 29 years of driving a truck, I wear my seatbelt and I drive the speed limit. And now all of my prayers are being answered. Because I was, I was a little bit out of line, you know. Hey, and it matters to God. The things, the things that sometimes we don't think don't matter to us, they matter to God. Wear the seatbelt. Obey the law. And if you get a ticket, he said, old Thurman, he said, if you get a ticket, don't complain. So I was always going, Lord, I won't complain. Plane. I'm going to drive five miles an hour over, but when I start driving the speed limit, everything I, everything I asked started being answered. So I said, Lord, I'd really like to go to that crusade out there. This was last year. 
Lo and behold, long story short, and this is the short version here. Long story short, thank you. I'm going to preach the gospel one day. That's what the Lord told me. He said, you're going to, he said, you're going to touch thousands of people's lives. I said, well, we may chase some rabbits, but I think some people are going to know where I've been because they've been there. But I was out in Angel Stadium last weekend where 35,000 plus people were praising God. And in three days after, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and in three days after, 9,300 people, 313 people gave their life to the Lord. That excites me. Huh? And, and Jesus says, and Jesus says, like this right here, the Lord says, be angry, but sin not. I get angry at the things that make the Lord angry. But I rejoice at the things that the Lord rejoices in. And I rejoice because when I saw that many people give their life to the Lord, I'm like, Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I had the opportunity to be there. But I want to tell you, I this is what I want to share more than anything. Even though I was standing right there, and I didn't know to raise my hands and praise the Lord like you teach. Now, I'm, hey, I, would, I wasn't embarrassed anyway to do anything. Now, I sure enough raised my hands, and I was praising God with 35,000 people. But the anointing of God in that place with 35,000 people praising God was not as powerful as it is in this little, small church right here in the belt, buckle of the Bible belt where many people are being miraculously healed. This is not the normal place. There wasn't a bunch of people saved and healed out there. They were saved, but they were not healed. Many signs and miracles follow Thurman Scribner. He's not the ordinary average man. He is a man of God. Listen to what he preaches and teaches. Wear your seatbelt. Drive the speed limit. Do everything. Do everything that the Lord says. And he will give you anything you ask if you ask in faith. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Oh, wear, wear your seatbelt and drive the speed limit. I do teach that. Praise the Lord. I do that too, though. I should have come before him because this is. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, most of you know I work at the ministry center, and I believe we have the full staff here today, if I'm not mistaken. So y'all ought to meet them. Anyway, um, I, if you answer the phone out there at all, you're going to pray for people. And so um, I have prayed for people, and they call back the next day. I didn't get it. <laughs> anyway, back in April, I developed some, some something on my on the skin of my eyes, both upper and lower lid. It was red. It was the skin was cracked. It was painful. It itched. It flaked. It was ugly. And <laughs> I want you to know, Thurman and Cheryl and Eldon prayed for me, and I didn't pray again after that. Okay, and it has only, it's been since April till just a couple of weeks ago that I got my healing. But I got up every morning and I went to bed every night saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my healing. And I think that's where we miss it a lot. We get real impatient and we don't say thank you. Praise Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Dave, you got one? Dave and Ayesha got a gray one. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to follow you. <laughs> I've had to do that before. You're a tough crowd to follow. Tough, tough one to follow. Amen. This, and this testimony is for the glory of Jesus. Uh, four years ago, four years ago, roughly, my wife and I got married, and she's a Canadian citizen. So we have been battling through all the red tape to get her a green card and Friday we went in for our interview and she got her green card. So it's, 
Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, some of you may not understand. Those of you who have had to fight for your green card, yes, you understand. Uh, as soon as you marry a U.S. citizen from outside, uh, you're no longer welcome to the U.S. Okay, no, I'm serious. You, you, you have no intent to come and visit and leave. You have an intent to come and stay. And they're not interested in that. So we went a week after our wedding night and got to the border. We found out how, how, what's that? They're very sincere about that. No, you, she cannot come in with you. And so we turned around and we started our long battle. But through that, we started claiming scriptures that she'd have favor. And we also claimed that we would not spend one night apart. And two weeks after that, she came into the United States and she's been a guest here. And the government has always blessed her stay. Uh, there was a time where it looked like she was going to get thrown back out and said, no, we have we're not spending one night apart and we're going to we're going to stay together. So the first part of the testimony was that we think we give praise to Jesus that Amen. she has her green card and that we never through all of what the devil tried to scare us with. Did we spend one night apart? Now, I part of my testimony is I prepared beforehand. I asked God, I said, OK, what do you want me to do in this uh, meeting? And he gave me two scriptures. One was Proverbs 11:27. I'll read it to you. 11:27 was lazy people uh, don't even care. No, sorry, I'm not a lazy person. <laughs> Praise the King. It's uh, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. And so I realized that he wanted me to make certain that I was searching for good throughout the entire process because I would find favor. And the next one I liked even more <laughs> was Proverbs 13:3, And he says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Um, opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> and I go, OK, I won't open my mouth. So we're in the interview. And if you've if you've ever gone to a green card interview where they finally accepted you, it's almost a letdown. You, you expect a parade. You expect something more than the five minutes of raise your hand, swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. Okay, your papers look in order. I'm going to make you a happy person today. You can leave. And it wasn't more than about five minutes in his office, and we were done. And, but through the middle of that, he was looking at the papers, and he says, oh, it looks like you have your affidavit of support. Uh, and I'll explain that in a second. Your affidavit of support has been approved. Well, that is my affidavit saying that she will not become a burden on the tax roll. Well, that was all. Well, I used to work in the corporate world and that's been two years or more. And yet they the Lord was showing me, you keep your mouth shut and it, it will go through Because if you start telling me that your job has changed, they're going to want a whole bunch of new information and delay the process. So now that was the, that testimony was to give glory that if you stand in faith, you will the, the king will give you what you want. And like I said, we have spent no night apart. Well, how many have seen my testimony? Amen. Okay, wonderful testimony. I lived it with you. Amen. Praise <laughs> the king. Yes, you have. Father, thank you for Pastor Thurman and everybody else who prayed. You know, Job says that one in a thousand men who is wise to show you how God is righteous and where you sinned. And Job 33, if you're looking for it. And so, thank you, Father. Well, on the way to the interview, I started uh, fussing at my wife. <laughs> and I was so easy, don't you? <laughs> you're a so, normal man. <laughs> so, I started fussing. And then 
she brought up some stuff afterwards on the way home, and I started fussing even more. Well, by the next day, my skin, though it didn't break out, was extremely itchy. And so the devil tried to say, yeah, see, you weren't healed. There's that stuff again. And I knew he was lying, but I also knew that there was a problem because I'm delivered of that. I don't ever have to deal with the itchies again. I don't ever have to have messed up skin. And so I, what I'm sharing with you now is what I did. I went to the Father and I said, I didn't go immediately and tell the devil, get out of here. You have no right to me. I went to him who I have to deal with, and that's Yahweh. And I said, Yahweh, I've seen in Job, First Chronicles, Second Kings, Isaiah, Second uh, Samuel, that you're the one who sends, or you're the one who directs these evil spirits towards us, like sickness or whatever. I said, I repent. I know what it was. I was grumbling and complaining, and I was wrong. And I said, I know that I can come into your throne room right now, and I can repent of that, and you'll cleanse me, and that you will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I said, now call off the hounds. <laughs> and I stand before you without an itch. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So, once again, when you're dealing with something, when the devil's coming after you, go to the king first. Amen. And say, Father, I've sinned somewhere. You show me. Because I had to actually ask him what I had sinned. I said, okay, what did I do? And, of course, he started bringing up all this grumbling and complaining I had done. And I said, I know how to take care of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Father, thank you. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's get into the message today. Wow. Huh? Oh, let's just party, huh? <laughs> we are going to have a party. Yeah, before I say, I guess those of you that come in did see that uh, Phil and Chris, of course, they're going to have a baby. Uh, and like uh, uh, Rosemary said or Dave said, whatever. I think everybody on the staff is here today. Everybody that works for the Living Savior Ministries is here. Praise the Lord. we got a bunch of them. And we're grateful for each one of them. But uh, we're going to have a great time back there after church is over today. And uh, if we got some cards up here. If you want to, uh, somewhere up here or wherever they are. I don't know where they are. Where are they? Okay. So, and there's a, a, anyway, a place over there if you want to give the kids some money. If you want to give them a card or whatever. If you didn't bring anything, you want to give them something, and I think that's the best thing. That way they can buy what they want, you know. You want to give them a few bucks, you know. You want to drop three or four thousand dollars in the bucket for them over there. Just <laughs> go over there and drop it in there. If you want to drop ten or twenty in there, that's okay. You know, whatever you want to drop in there. Just remember, and just remember that whatever you give, if you give it in the name of Jesus, the King says you will never lose your reward. And he says that whatever you sow is how much you're going to be blessed. And some of those scriptures that he talks about, that the man that is stingy, he'll die. You know, the man that's stingy that tries to save everything, he'll die in poverty. Whereas it says the man that gives away abundantly will die a wealthy man. You know, from a physical standpoint, that don't make no sense at all. But if you give, the Lord says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over with the measure you used to give, so it will be returned to you. So when you get a hold of that, whatever you give to any organization, give it in the name of Jesus. Don't be hesitant to give in the name of Jesus. Now then, the message that we've got today, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. I want you to see what the Lord has said here. 
this is an awesome statement after the testimony that you heard about the man. Uh, I want you to turn to Ezekiel. Uh, the Lord, I mean, the minute I read this letter last night, the Lord took me to Ezekiel 34. He said, Ezekiel 34. He said, I want you to read this to the people today. Ezekiel 34. So, naturally, when the Lord tells you to do something, you do what He says. He is the head of the church. Ezekiel 34, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, or the preachers, Woe to the preachers, or the shepherds of Israel, that do feed themselves, and they should, should not the shepherds feed the flock or the sheep. Now, you're the sheep. You eat the fat, and you clothe yourself with the wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. The diseased have you not strengthened. Neither have you healed that which was sick. Somebody said, wait a minute. Who is the healer here? Isn't that amazing that God needs a man to go lay hands on the sick and pray for them before he'll do anything? Now, just think, if we don't do that, think how many people that are sick and afflicted. Think about that man that had asked that question in a church. Is there any healing or deliverance today from God? And what did he say the answer was immediately? No. That was for the first century church only. Boy, how would you like to be that shepherd one day when he stands in the presence of the king? I don't want that, but I don't want to be in his shoes, do you? The king is very unhappy right here. In verse 4, the diseased, the diseased have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick. When people come to a place where God is, God is working through his sons, they are teaching his word. And any son of God that will preach God's word and preach that God will do what he says, and you get your sins repented of, when you get your sins repented of, I can think of the men and the women both that have come up here and tell me, say, Thurman, I've been to, this is my first healing school, or my fifth one, or my tenth one. But I now know that I have ever sin repented of. I know God's the healer, and I know when you touch me today in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be healed. And guess what happens when they make that confession? They get healed. Now, did I heal them? No. But it came through me because who's in me? Jesus is in me. And whenever they come and they repent of their sins after I've taught them what God's Word says, and just like Brother Pat that I read the letter about today, he didn't have a man of faith to pray for him. He just had my teachings 
and he'd been listening to them, and he went to God with tears and took on First John 1, 9, Lord, I am sorry for doing what I did to my dad. I lied to him. My dad's been dead for six years, but Lord, I forgive. I ask you to forgive me, and Daddy asked you to forgive me. Now, Lord, I stand in a place of repentance, and I believe with all my heart that First John 1, 9 is true, and you have forgiven me and cleansed me and washed me. And the king spoke to him and said, Yes, I have, and now then you're healed too. And for six months, after 27 years of massive doses of medication, how much medication has he taken in the last six months? Zero. How many seizures has he had in the last six months? After 27 years of being bound by sin and the devil, he finally heard the truth. Repent and be healed. Isn't that awesome? See? What God has to go through to get mine and your attention? You know, there are some people that if I could just go to a Benny Hinn crusade, I know I could get healed. But if they don't go over there getting their sins repented of, what do you think the chances are of them getting healed? Can you be prayed for a hundred times and not get healed? But when you do it God's way, you can pray for one time and get healed, right? That's all it takes. What is it? Repent and believe. But you've got to have somebody that's teaching you the truth. And for those men that want, let's go on. He says, The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. How would you like to be a preacher in the church that didn't teach that God's the Savior, the Healer, the Deliverer? How would you like to be standing up here and say, and you'd be the one and God says, a man stands up out there and says, with this, during this little short question and answer session, what about Jesus, the King, supposedly that we serve? He done healings and deliverances back there. Is that for today or not? No. That was only for the first century church. Technically speaking, who was speaking out of that man's mouth? God or the devil? The devil. Isn't that sad? That pastor, unfortunately, had not spent the time in the Word. He had probably, unfortunately, he had went to a seminary that the men there had not spent the time. They had no revelation from God. And so they were just teaching you how to build a church, how to sell your media. In fact, I got tickled when Dave was going even to ORU. They had a week up there where they taught you how to do and manage your media. And one of the things they were saying is, you know, some people charge too much for the media. So don't try to rip off the people with your CDs and DVDs. Be reasonable. You know, bring them down to a reasonable price. Well, Dave said, well, why don't we do it God's way? And they said, what do you mean? He said, well, I work for a ministry, and they do it God's way. They give them away. They said, well, you can't make it when you give them away. He said, well, you never missed a payday. Isn't that awesome? Never have we been, never have we. In fact, this last week, this last week was the smallest income that we've had in Months and months and months, and it was still almost double what it took to pay all the bills last week. 
Is God awesome or is He awesome? He pays the bills. I mean, I don't never go out and ask nobody for money. I don't even take up an offering in this place. We don't even pass the offering plate. There's only one place we pass those little bags, and that's during the intermission, during a healing school. One time a month we pass those bags. And that's the only time we take an offering. Rest time we just let people give a donation for their tapes and put it in the box. We don't even ask. But God, we, we also, when we send out tapes and stuff, we don't send out a letter and say, you know, we sure would appreciate if you'd give us some money. If you don't give us $50, we're going to go off the air next month. I don't do that. The thing about it is, I believe if what I'm doing is God, He's going to meet my bills. And I only got to go to one. I, I remember the time that I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I've got to have some more see, uh, recorders. Video recorders, I, I needed a whole bunch of new ones. In fact, I needed about a hundred of them. I said, Lord, I need a whole bunch of v- VCRs. I need distribution amplifiers. I need a bunch of stuff. And I said, Lord, I've done my legwork trying to find the best prices on everything. And it looks like to get everything I need, I need about $10,000. So I said, Lord, thank you. Well, I didn't go to the, I didn't have a lot of faith because I didn't go to the post office for nearly a week. You know? <laughs> You know, usually back in those days, you know, I'd get four or five letters a day. You know, three or four or five every day. So I thought, well, if I wait a whole week, you know, if I get five a day, there'll be 25 in there. And so there might be enough. You know, I said, it really had to be wild to get $10,000 in a week. I had never had that before. Never at that point. Never had I ever seen $10,000 come in in a week's time. But I said, Lord, I got to have this equipment. You know I got to have it. And you know about your business. So I waited a week. And I went in at the end of the week, put my key in and opened the door, and one letter in the mail. One. And all, Eldon, that almost, I said, thank you for whatever's in that envelope, Lord. Thank you. I opened that envelope right there before I even closed the box. I stuck my finger in it and ripped it open, and it was only one check in it. $10,000. One check for $10,000. It paid all. I bought all them VCRs. Bought all them distribution amplifiers and all them cables, hooked all that stuff up, and had just a little bit of money left over. Isn't it amazing how God, I mean, you know, you talk about nearly ruining my faith. I really expected, I really expected at least, you know, if he'd have really done it my way, the mailbox would have had 50 letters in it, you know. I mean, it would have been a bunch of, then when I opened it, I said, oh, there it is, Lord, I know all them. I know there's going to be enough money. But one little bitty, and it was a little bitty letter. It wasn't even a big one. It was a little one. And the only thing in it was that one, it wasn't even a letter in it. Just one piece of paper, a check for $10,000. But another time I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, again, I got to buy a bunch of stuff. And I said, Lord, I, I need X number of dollars. And I said... Lord, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I know you can take care of it. So, I went for two or three weeks, and no money hardly came in. Just, I mean, I was working virtually by myself back in those days. Just uh, just one or two or three people, maybe, and most of those volunteers. But I had to buy a bunch of stuff. I was working on the building and everything else. I said, well, i got to have some money. You know, God has money to pay the bill. So, one day I went to the post office, and there was a great big... Uh, priority mail deal that would just barely fit in the box. And I pulled that out there and it says, from TLSM, Post Office Box 35, Justin, Texas, to 
TLSM, Post Office Box 35, Justin, Texas. And it was about that thick. I thought, what in the world is this great big old thing? That says it's from us to us. I didn't, I wonder if one of the kids is pulling a joke on me. You know, so I went out to the truck and I opened the thing and I took out two big packages and there was $10,300 worth of $100 bills in that envelope. Cash. wasn't a check. was cash. $10,300 in cash. And I don't even know who it come from. No name. From TLSM. Post Office Box 35, Justin, Texas. To TLSM. Post Office Box 35, Justin, Texas. I have never figured out where that came from. God. That's it. Just God. He gave me that money to pay what I need. And it's amazing how He takes care of you. Whatever you need, He provides the resources to take care of it if you're about His business. Now, He says these guys, He's not too happy with. Look what He says. And He says, and they, they, were, they were but with force and with cruelty have you ruled over my people. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when, where they were scattered. Who do you think these beasts of the field are? Sure, Satan and his host of demons. They're running around out there that people don't have a clue. What happened to Patrick? He had been scattered into the fields of hell, and the demons of hell had legal right to him because of his sin. He said, nobody ever told me that I was under these seizures and all this problem because of my sin, because I disobeyed my dad, because I'd lied to him, because I'd not honored him. But God said in His Word, if you don't honor your mother and father, your life will be short on the earth. But who believes that today? I mean, I mean, most people in the church don't even think about that. I mean, so you, oh, well... You know, so somebody says this. You know, said somebody says something about your dad. Oh, he said the old man. Oh, well, my old man. You know, him. He don't know nothing. He's just an old man. You know, he's forty-five years old. Here I am, eighteen. My old man. Are you honoring your daddy? No. And you're treading on very thin ice. And when sickness and disease or torment comes into your life, you think, Why did all these things happen to me? You know, just like Janet said a while ago, her son, he's, he's cussing and doing all the things. But let me tell you, if that the God we serve is so merciful, He'll take a mother and He'll honor her faith to heal her son to get that boy's attention. But that boy needs to learn that he's going to have to come to Christ and repent of his sins and start walking holy in obedience to God's Word. Because if he don't, every time he continues to sin and use that foul words, he's opening the door to devils. You know, but I know he's got a mom over there praying for him. I mean, she's going to the throne of grace and kicking them devils out. And them devils are listening. Because you're walking in obedience to the Word. You know, and, and that makes all the difference in the world. Now then, it, but in this day and age here, these people had a real problem. They had to have a preacher. Well, today, we have a privilege... That's way beyond this. And this is something that we forget today. Today, you and I are on the other side of the cross. Oh, glory to God. We're all priests. 
I mean, before we had the high priest, now we got a new high priest, and he's over us, but he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's made every one of us a priest, a child of God. And whether you be male or female, you can come into the throne room of God anytime you want to with your petitions, and you can ask him what you want to. You can jump up in Daddy's lap, and you can talk to him, and you don't have to have another priest or a preacher to lead you to get you there. Now, most preachers today, if they will study God's Word, they can be a great inspiration to the people. And if they'll listen to what they teach them, and if they teach them God's Word, and the people get a hold of God's Word, it'll change your life forever. And then you'll get to the point where you realize that you can pray the prayer of faith. I mean, just like I see Kathy over there. I mean, you ever talking about somebody gets excited. She's almost as bad as Paul. <clears throat> When I come in in the morning or something, I can walk through. She should jump up out of her chair, sees me coming. She come running. You got time for a praise report? I got to tell you what Jesus is doing. Oh, what a place to work! What a place to work! Praise God! They have employees that are working for Jesus. They ain't working for you. They're working for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they realize that they're about His business. And whenever they walk in obedience to His word and keep their life clean and pure. He will answer your prayers. Wow. He'll meet your needs. He'll do great and wonderful things for you. But these people didn't have this. They had to have this. They had to have a shepherd. And he says, My sheep, they wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. And this flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Therefore, verse 7, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. I don't like it when somebody walks up in my face and starts telling me, hear the word of God. If I know I'm walking in obedience to God's word and they start condemning me and doing it not in a love relationship, I don't like that. But these men were being spoken to by God, and it was not in a love walk. God had walked up and put his finger in their face with their prophet and said, You guys are sinning. Stop it. Now, if you're sinning, that's okay. You know, if you're not sinning, don't do that to somebody. You know, and if you do know they're sinning, I mean, if they're just a normal person and they're walking in sin, don't walk up and throw your finger in their face and scream at them like that. Walk up with your arm around him and say, Brother, we need to talk. Let's go have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And let me sit down and talk to you. What you're doing is wrong. See, if a man had showed up for Patrick years ago, I could have met him somewhere, maybe a truck driver, you know, could have had been out there and said, Patrick, you just got mad with your daddy and you told him some, and you lied to him. Let me, let's go down here to the cafe and let me buy you a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cup of orange juice or whatever. And let me tell you what God says you're supposed to do in His Word. You could have saved that boy from 27 years of epileptic seizures and all that medicine. Just think. But today the average person does not know that when you sin, you open the door to the devil. How long had I been in church and never heard that? Not one time in my life. But when I got into book and I learned it was in the book, I thought, man, this is awesome. God has said something in here. And, but these boys that were not teaching them what he told them to do, he was a little unhappy with his shepherds. 
If you read this, wow. In verse 8, As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because the flock became a prey and my flock, damn, wow, became meat to every beast of the field. Why did these guys become meat to every beast of the field? Because they didn't know. They didn't know they were not supposed to sin. Nobody told them. You know, they were just coming to church. Like, like he's talking about here. We'll get on down here. It says, there came meat to every beast of the field because there was no shepherd. Neither did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. Now, if you're a shepherd and God's against you, you're in trouble. I mean, that's worse than driving down the road without a seatbelt and driving 80 miles an hour. That just costs you a fine when they catch you. But if God's against you and He don't answer your prayers, Paul, you might as well stay at home, right? Amen. <laughs> I guarantee. And I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. No, I will. I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that lie, that he is among his sheep, they are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will deliver them. Out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out. Verse 14. I will feed them in a good pasture. And upon the high mountains of Israel. Upon the high mountains... And shall there there be as you read down through this, I will feed my flock in verse fifteen, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost. And I will bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick, and I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. What is he trying to say there? Those that were... Sick and afflicted, he's going to bring them out and he's going to feed them and bring them up and heal them. 
and those that were fat, which were the shepherds that were feeding themselves, he says, I am against you and I'm going to feed you with judgment. How would you like for God to seal your fate? I'm going to feed you with judgment because you've not done what I told you to do. You know, when you read this chapter 34, I personally think that every man of God that stands in any pulpit ought to read this entire chapter of 34. And it's all of this whole chapter is all about the shepherds not doing what God has called us to do. Now, if under the law, God called the shepherds to preach the word, to preach holiness, and to teach the people, and when they get into sin, to go out there and teach them, to to pray over them, to repent of their sins, to heal them up, to strengthen them, and to pray the prayer of faith for them so He can heal them. If that was under the law, what do you think He's going to demand today in the church under the new covenant? He's going to demand that since in this day, He has borne our sickness and removed our diseases. And He told us so clearly to go and lay hands on the sick, get them to repent, drive out the demons, and heal the sick. And He didn't just put it in there one or two places. He put it all over the place. Now then, we pray. Just like this precious lady over in this wheelchair, she told me today when I came in, She said, I want you to pray over me every time you get a chance, everywhere you are. I want you to pray over me. Because she said, I know I'm going to walk out of this thing one day. Now see, that's the right confession. She's getting her life back together. She's building her faith. We're praying over her. And one of these days... That lady is going to have enough faith, and she's going to have every sin repented of. And when we hit it right, when we hit it right, they get healed, don't they, Ernest? We know that. We have seen it. We have seen everything known to men. I mean, we think about praying. I mean, just like Sharon was prayed for a hundred times and nothing happened when she finally hit it. She was at the right place at the right time and learned the Word the right way. Whenever a shepherd standing before a group of people was not ashamed to tell her that you're sick because of sin, and you've got to find the sin and you've got to get rid of it. But I told my own wife that. She wasn't my wife back in those days. But when she came to a healing school, she had a sickness and disease. I taught her. I said, you're a sick woman because of sin. I don't know your life, but you know your life. You've got to repent of your sins. I don't even want to know what they are. You know what they are, and God knows what they are. So you've got to ask God what your sin is. You've got to repent of your sins. And then He told me to do my part, and all i got to do is lay my hands on you, and then He'll do His part, which is a supernatural. I laid my hands on her after she repented, just like I did Sharon, just like I've done many of you. And after they repented, I rebuked the devil, commanded to leave, and God healed both of them. Yeah. Everybody's grateful. But the secret is, here's the thing. Why don't we teach people, let's walk holy before God and walk in His Word and never have another sick day. Ain't that where we want to walk, Ernest? Ain't just getting healed ain't no fun, is it? But walking in divine health across this country. In fact, I was at a hospital one day. And to tell you how this would work, I was at a hospital one day praying over some people. And this woman, I was talking about how wonderful Jesus is. I said, are you a Christian? She said, no. Not a Christian. 
She said, why should I be a Christian? She said, that person, you're in here with them. He said, they're sick and afflicted. She said, I see lots of people profess to be Christian, sick and afflicted and weak and all kinds of problems. And said, I see people that are not Christian, sick and afflicted and weak. So he said, why should I be one of y'all? I don't see any difference between y'all and us. You know, I went away from her thinking, yeah, that girl's right. She's right. You know, but when you walk back in there and say, you know, look at me, I'm a Christian. Well, what's the big deal with you? I have power. I kick out demons. I heal the sick. I cleanse the lepers. I raise the dead in the name of Jesus. And I ain't had a sick day in 20 years, girl. How would you like to be like me? Amen. She said, now, wait a minute. Are you, we, you, let's talk about this. you got something I want. Is that right? I mean, when you lay hands on the sick, they get healed. You know, you walk in that hospital room. And I mean, just like that day with that Muslim doctor. As a Muslim doctor in there, a man had a stroke. And I'm there praying over this guy. And this Muslim doctor walks in, and I talked to him a minute, and I say, are you a Muslim? He said, yes. I said, uh, I'm a Christian. He said, you and I serve the same God. And that's exactly what I told him. No, we don't. I said, your God is the devil, and mine is the king of kings. And I said, your God's the one made this man sick, but I'm going to cast his beast out. And I said, this man's going to get healed. And he said, this man ain't going nowhere for a long time. I said, it's obvious you don't know my Jesus. And right here in his presence, I mean, I reached over to that man sitting there comatose, couldn't hardly do nothing, couldn't open eyes. I reached over and laid my hands on him, and I commanded that devil. I said, Lord, I forgive this man's sins. His wife forgiven his sins. I said, his sins of unbelief. I command him devil to hell to come out of him in the name of Jesus. I said, now I guarantee this man's healed in Jesus' name. The doctor, he was not impressed at all. But the next day when I come back for another visit, he's sitting up eating. He was impressed. He said, whoa, this guy's sitting up eating and talking today. I said, I told you, just the devil of hell. And it was your God that sent that devil. And I said, that demon. And I said, I'm going to kick that beast out because my God defeated your God 2,000 years ago. I mean, you know, you, I mean, you, you've got to stand the ground. I said, now I say, now you need to make my God your God. You need to get rid of that devil. You know, I mean, you, you, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, it's, the day has come when you and I have got to stop this nonsense of being, you know, oh, well, if you want to believe in, if you're a Muslim, you want to be, that's okay. Let me just go hide in my little closet and I'll be my own little Christian. No, it's time that Christians come out of the closet and it's time we start doing things in power and telling people somebody. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I had young men. One day I was up in the cafeteria. And there were some young men there talking about uh, getting all the stuff I'd been teaching about healing and everything. And one of the guys hadn't been there for a couple of days, and he come in. And they said, would you pray for him? I said, well, I might. He said, but what? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he's been sick the last couple of days. And said, why don't you pray for him? I looked around. I said, son, you're a Christian? He said, no. Just like that. I don't believe in it, Jesus junk. I said, well, that's okay. I said, Jesus loves you anyway. I said, if I reach over and lay my hands on you and pray for you, and he instantly heals you, will you serve him then? He said, no. So I turned and walked off. The guy said, you going to pray for him? I said, no. I ain't going to pray for him. I'm not going to pray for him. I said, the God I serve, he demands that we believe him. He demands. I said, I believe him. You know, of course, that's the course of the day when you go on through, you know, and you walk up and all of a sudden there's a great big old tall electrician standing there about six, six with his hard hat on. 
And you walk up there and say, good morning, gentlemen. How are you all doing this morning? And they're, they're, oh, they stopped using the Lord's name in vain, stopped cussing when you walked on the scene. But you heard it before you got there. How are you all doing? Oh, well, everything going pretty good, Mr. Shrevener. I said, how about you? You don't look too good this morning. Oh, God, he said, I feel so bad I'd have to get better to die. I said, you're a Christian? I said, you're not, but that's okay. Jesus loves you anyway. So he didn't say nothing. I said, you big lug, come over here. He said, what, 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 Mr. Scribner, what are you going to do? I said, get over and take that hat off. God says, man, I'm not supposed to pray with his head covered. I said, get over here and stand over here. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to cast that devil out of you. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. I said, heal him, Lord, heal him. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, guarantee you're healed. I just turned and walked off. They ain't never seen a scene like that in a construction meeting, never. An hour later, that big electrician took his head in my office, knocked on the door. He said, Mr. Shriver, I said, yeah, come on in. He said, no, sir, I don't want to come in. I just want to know, where do you go to church? I said, I go to the First Baptist Church in Justin. Why? He said, after you did what you did, after... I was healed. He said, in a matter of minutes, I felt like better than I felt in years. He said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. What, what kind of place are Christians supposed to walk? That's where we're supposed to walk. When you touch somebody in the name of Jesus, the king will show up and do great and mighty miracles. And then, do you think that you're going to be one of these shepherds that the king is going to say, you've not went out and healed the sick. You've not strengthened the weak. You've not went out and found the lost. You've not told them about me. Now, because you didn't tell them about me, I'm unhappy with you. You don't want to be one of those, do you? You want to be one of those that's out making a fool for himself in the name of Jesus. You walk up and lay your hands on somebody and them guys say, Well, that fool. You see what he did? He went over there and made a fool out of himself. Prayed, supposedly, over that guy. And all of a sudden, the guy says, but I don't know what happened, but I sure do feel good. All that sickness and disease I had is gone. Or the little woman with a burned arm the next morning, it ain't burned no more. You talk about making a fool out of yourself for Jesus. Don't you love to make a fool out of yourself for Jesus and see Him show up like that? I do. Isn't God awesome? So see, when she tells me to pray for her every time I get a chance... I'm going to tell you, if you got faith and you believe God's a healing God, before you get out of here today, you need to lay hands on her and pray for her. Veronica. Yeah. I mean, if you got faith and belief, now don't you go over and lay your hands on her if you got sin in your life. If you ain't walking in obedience to the Word, don't you touch her. You make sure your sins are all repented of and you believe the Word of God. If you believe God's Word... Then you can pray for her. But not only that, anybody in this church, you know. Now, don't you run up and lay your hands on somebody and pray for them because you've got sin in your life. You know what can happen? That demon can come right out of them and come right into you. Don't you dare do that. You remember what happened to this young boy, this letter, when he lied to his daddy, he opened the door, and the demons of hell come in, and right after he done that lying, A demon of epilepsy come into him. And how many years did he have that demon of epilepsy? Twenty-seven years he was tormented. With all those demons of lust and fornication and adultery, marriage on the rocks and everything. And then he come and ask God 
after he'd listened to my teachings, it was which is the Word of God, and asked God, Lord, you did say in 1 John 1, 9, that if I confess my sins, you're right and just to forgive my sins and to restore me to fellowship. And when he did that with tears, God spoke to him and told him, and now then, because you've done that, you're delivered and you're healed. Six months, no medication. Six months, no seizures. Which one do you think's the best? Oh, don't you love it? Isn't it awesome? What kind of shepherds are we going to be? We're going to be the kind that go out and do something, right? We're all shepherds. Somebody says, I'm not a preacher. Hey, i got news for you. If you're a child of God under the new covenant, you're a saint, you're a preacher, you're called to preach the Word of God. He told you to go out in the world He put you in. If it's a truck driver and stop in at a restaurant, praise God you're supposed to tell somebody about Jesus. Anybody. Yeah, He may not have called you yet to pastor a church, but you're pastoring one out there. I mean, it's a big one. Scattered all over the place. I mean, if you're a woman, you go into your shopping mall. Who The cashier, when you check out, ask them if they know Jesus. You know, you see somebody over there, make sure you got your sins repented of. Strengthen people. You see somebody over there having a bad day. I mean, you know, if you stop and say, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm having a bad day today. So, well, let me, tell, let me tell you how to have a good day. You know, it's just like, I mean, I come in all the time and I, I see men of God. I say, how you doing? Well, fair. I said, Repent. What do you mean, a fair day? Sons of God anointed with the Holy Ghost and power? We're supposed to be walking in great power. When I ask you, how are you doing? You ought to say, great, but I'm rapidly improving. That's where we should be, right, Ernest? I mean, sons of God, join heirs with the King. Everything that was Jesus's is yours. What do you think he meant when he said he made you a joint heir? I mean, a joint heir, everything that you become a joint heir to is yours. We didn't become illegitimate children. We became born-again, Spirit-filled children of the Most High God. And just like Pat's saying, now that I've learned, I have that power in me. When do I go public? I think we ought to all go public every day, don't you, brother? Absolutely. We need to take the Word of God. And if you start doing something in faith for Jesus... Somebody says, gee, I wish I could see God do all those things. Just like Pat said, if I had 10% of that man's faith. But he said, I had no idea God wanted to give it all to me. The whole load. Who does he want to give the whole load to? Every one of us. He wants all of us to be used by him for his glory. When you start praying in faith, you don't want to be one of these shepherds. God was unhappy with these shepherds. And He said, I'm going to feed you guys judgment. I mean, when you get home, you ought to read all of Ezekiel 34 three or four times. Two or three different translations. And you ought to see how unhappy God was with His preachers. Well, I'm going to tell you today, I think there's still a whole bunch of those guys out there He's unhappy with. A lot of them. So... If I was one, Lord, if I'm one of those you're unhappy with, show me what I'm doing wrong and I'll change. I will repent and I will change. I will do anything you tell me to do because I want to walk in obedience to your word and I want to see you answer my prayer. And like Paul said, when I started doing everything God says, he started answering all of my prayers. Now then, 
75 miles an hour, no seat belt, is breaking the law. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and God said, that's okay, Paul. You can drive 75 and you can not fast your seat belt, but you're not obedient, so I ain't going to answer all your prayers. It didn't get them all answered. But you say, okay, Lord, we click in on that seatbelt, and we're going to set that cruise on 70, Lord. If that's that, and if it's 60, we're going to set it on 60. And if it's whatever it is, we're going to drive the speed limit. And God says, well, I finally got my son's attention. Amen. Hey, and you know, you know what God can do? He can take a truck driver, two truck drivers start out at the same point. One of them breaks the speed limit 10 miles an hour everywhere he goes, and the other one drives the speed limit, and the one that drives the speed limit got there first. You know how that works? Yep, because the one that's breaking the speed limit, all of a sudden he gets tired and he's got to whip over into a coffee break or a rest area and rest a little while, and the other guy, he just goes right on by. And the Lord is his strength, he's renewing it, and when he gets there, he's already unloaded and turned around and started back. And he meets that other guy and... The guy calls him on the CB. He says, what is this? How'd you get here? You must have broke the law. He said, no, I drove exactly the speed limit. He said, well, you couldn't have because I, I never drove the speed limit. I mean, when I was in that truck, I was driving 10 to 15 mile an hour over the speed limit everywhere. How did you get here first? Because God Amen. was in there behind him. And he'll see to it that you're blessed and you won't get near as many tickets. And you'll get your prayers answered every time. Now then... You don't want to be one of those shepherds that don't do it God's way. We don't want to be one of them, do we, Benjamin? It, when the Lord comes to a prophet and says, let me tell you guys, I am unhappy with you, my shepherds. I am unhappy because you did not heal the sick. You did not strengthen the weak. You think if you're a preacher today and you're not going out seeking the lost, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, and doing all the things the king told you to do, you think the king's unhappy with you? Yes, he is. I don't want him being happy with me. Do you, Tom? No. So if you're out doing what he says do, he will bless you and many people's lives will be changed. Just like Patrick O'Brien, the director of that youth camp in Wisconsin, him and his wife are living in a place now their marriage is restored, their health is restored, and they're directors of a Christian camp that's walking in a new place that they will be able to teach things to those young people. And they tried to get me up there. Oh, he tried to get me up there. He did everything. And then finally, whenever his director listened to my, one of my teachers, it's just like the ones out there in Washington, Washington the other day. You guarantee God will do this? You can't do that. Well, God said I got to pray in faith, didn't He? Yes. So if God said He'd do something, if I don't guarantee He'll do it, that's doubt, isn't it? And so He ain't going to do it. Isn't that amazing? You know, the couple, they got thrown out of church because they brought us out there. Isn't that amazing? They got thrown out. They have went and rented a building... And now then it's growing and they're distributing the tapes and stuff that we're giving them. And he said, people, I didn't realize how many people out here are hungry for what you teach. But what, what, what do I teach? The Word. The Word. I mean, that's the only... And it works too, doesn't it? It works. When somebody says, this is a cult. I've been called everything, believe me. 
But all those that get healed and delivered and do what Jesus said. You think Patrick O'Brien would think that we're a cult? Did I lay hands on him and cast the devil out of him? Technically, I didn't do that. He took the teaching, and he's in, in up there in up that foreign country. Up there. <laughs> it's almost a foreign country so far away. But he took God's Word and did what God said, what I had told him to do, and then God spoke to him because he couldn't find a man of faith to pray over him. God himself told him, now then you're delivered and you're healed. And he's not had another epileptic seizure for six months and no medication. After 27 years of sin. Now think how many people out there that are living in some kind of sin that have never been told that their sin is what makes them sick. And some of them you go up and tell them, your sin is what made you sick. And they say, I don't believe this. I don't believe you're crazy. But those that believe, they get healed. They get healed. And I love it, don't you? So we, don't, we do not want to be a shepherd that does not get their prayers answered. We want to be shepherds that get our prayers answered because we want to be out there strengthening the weak, healing the sick, and winning the lost to Jesus. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Don't forget now, if you need to be prayed for, uh, we're going to pray for you. But if you need to make any kind of decision for Jesus, we're going to be up here. And then, but don't forget, we're also going to have Phil and Krista's uh, uh, little shower back here. And, and uh, we got, I think, all kinds of stuff. The girls really done some good work. I mean, to tell you, today's the first day, I think, in a long time that I got to church, and there was people standing outside the door, beating on the door, waiting to get in. I've never had that. And I got here at 1 o'clock. But there were all these ladies that were breaking this stuff, and it was hot, and they wanted to get in here where it's cool so they could set up to build it. So they've done a great job. And if there's anything ladies do beautiful, it's these kind of things. So I want to thank all of you that done this for Phil and Krista, myself. We want to thank you for what you've done for them. But Phil and Krista are a great couple. I mean, their lives also have been changed. They're walking with God. They're serving the King. They're going to raise godly children. And their lives will never be the same because Jesus is there. He's doing it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for all the, the, the staff that's here, every one of them. I thank you for all the wonderful work they do for you, how they work so diligently to be about your business. I thank you and praise you for every one of them, Lord. And I ask you to bless them and bless them abundantly for what they do. I am so grateful you sent every one of them to us, to Cheryl and I, and to this ministry. I'm grateful, Lord. That you meet all of our needs every week. I'm grateful for the teaching you do. Lord, I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for all the times we go out and minister to the sick. And how you touch them and heal them and deliver them. And I am so grateful for all the wonderful things that you do. That only you can do. And Lord, what a privilege it is to give glory and honor and praise to you, the King of Kings. That we work for you. And when we teach your word, how it can... Go forth on a CD or a DVD, halfway across or two-thirds of the way across the United States of America, and another man can listen to it, and how I could speak at ATI, and how a man can hear, and how he, for the first time in his life, knows that the power of God is available to him, and how he can start seeking you, and you reveal to him these things, and today 
The man's life has changed. And to think he's the director of a youth camp, Lord. And how do I think about how they, him and his wife, are going to change the lives of these young people. It's going to come there now. Because what they've got is going to rub off. It can't stay within them. They'll have to declare the mighty miracles that you've done for them. And they know that deliverance and healing does work today because it worked for them. Lord, thank you for all these wonderful things you do for all of us. And thank you, Lord. As we sing in that song, those of us that know our God, we shall reign with Him. That means right now, not in eternity. Sure, we'll reign with you in eternity, but we can reign with you right now when we learn your promises and believe them. So, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for blessing us. I thank you for all these people that come every Sunday. And, Lord, I ask you to move on their hearts to bring their friends so their friends can learn these things. So they can get these free teachings and take them forth and their lives can be changed. And the people will begin to walk holy and obedient to your word. For we don't have to walk in any kind of sickness and disease. For we can walk in divine health. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful day. Thank you for the beautiful rain you're going to bring tonight to water the whole area. Lord, we need this rain. And Lord, we want to praise you and thank you and worship you for bringing beautiful rain. Lord, I ask you to let it rain all week long. Just a beautiful rain. Maybe four, five, six, eight inches this week, Lord. But just let it rain. Let it fill up the cracks and soak the ground and fill up the lakes. And Father, we thank you and praise you for sending the rain on the just and the unjust. Lord, we praise you and thank you. But, Lord, we do need that rain, and we know you know. But, Lord, never let it be said that we're not asking. We're asking, thanking you and praising you for the rain that's going to come. And the grass will grow and bring forth abundance, and the flowers and everything else will come forth again. We thank you, Father, for everything. We thank you for the privilege to come here every Sunday and on Tuesday nights to teach your word. And the second Saturday of every month have a healing school and to see you save and heal all the people you do because you're our Lord and our God. Thank you for all the provisions you provide and thank you, Lord, for blessing everyone that gives to the ministry. Bless them abundantly and we thank you and praise you. Now, Lord, bless Krista and Phil and the baby that she carries in her womb. Lord, we ask you to bring forth a beautiful, healthy, intelligent, supernatural child that will be used for the glory of God. Give Phil and Krista the ability to raise the child in the ways of God. Father, we praise you and thank you for being our Lord and giving us this book. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.